What's up, podcast? This is Omcast coming to you live. Well, not really live. Coming to you on brief tape delay. How brief? One never knows. But anyway, this is Ohm coming to you from Ohm's Cove in Congress, New York. Gonna discuss some stuff. Nothing in particular. Nothing specific on the mind. But, uh... You know, different personalities over the years. I'm looking around at books on my kitchen table. I got Alan Watts, Jack Kerouac, um, Jared Diamond. There's all kinds of things to talk about. Jack Kerouac we can talk about. Um, I've read a lot about him. He was quite a personality, quite a figure. Um, He cut quite a figure. Uh, The Grateful Dead. Experiences at Giant Stadium. I mentioned I had experiences with both drugs and alcohol and Giant Stadium parking lot, Grateful Dead concerts, um, massive amounts of LSD and mushroom psilocybin. So I'm sober now, I'm sure there are a lot of people who are pleased to hear that, reassured to hear that. It's certainly a much better life. At this age, I'm 44 years old. Enough is enough. Um, But I had, you know, I did, about 10 years ago, I was in South Florida in uh, Boca Raton with a friend of mine I met. He was from the Bronx. I won't won't mention his full name, Kevin, who... uh, he stayed down there. I came home and he stayed down and made a pretty good life. He was down there for about five years. But uh, it didn't It didn't last past five years. And like I said, I won't say his full name, but I will share what happened. He had a girlfriend. He lived with. They broke up. He started using drugs again. Long story short, tried to steal a TV from a retired teacher's house. And he got shot three times. And I haven't been able to get in touch with him. That's pretty wild. I don't know if anybody really wants to hear about that. That's not the happiest story in the world. Um, I'm a big Warren Zevon fan. I don't know if we have any Zevon fans out there. Um, for a long time, I mean, I did mention I was in a very bad car accident. I hurt my right arm really badly. So I don't. I mean, I exercise. I have a personal trainer. I go to the gym. I do. There are plenty of things I can do, but I don't play basketball anymore. But that was, you know, I was huge into basketball growing up. Played in high school. Was on a good team. Had a lot of fun. Had some success. You know, but I always I started partying in high school. Started going. I saw the Grateful Dead a lot with Jerry Garcia between 1990 and 1995, which also happened to be pretty much prime time of high school basketball. So, you know, balancing both was quite exciting. 
you know, this first time trying acid and that blew my mind out. And there's my dog. Um, blew my mind out down at Lake DeForest. I think I was 16. Took two hits of acid and wow, I was insane. Hopefully, I'll, well, hopefully, whatever, maybe I'll chronicle that one podcast because that was very interesting. Um, and ate the mushrooms at Giant Stadium. That was insane. Was a lot of friends. A lot of friends I grew up with. Played lacrosse together. We used to smoke joints down at the lake. Had a pretty great time in high school. I went to Oswego. That was wild. Met a great friend up there. We had a freshman year. It was incredible. Went down to Atlanta to see the Grateful Dead at the Omni. Three shows, that was insane. Um, so life was definitely good, but then when I was 28, I got in a bad car accident. But uh, have some great friends still. I mentioned some. Um, trying to think. I need somebody to call in. I need to get Tom to call in, or Dan, or Owen. Or tree. I get these guys to call it and they can really help get it going. I'm going to get them to subscribe to Anchor and call. And hopefully they want to they wanna be a part of this. I think it can be funny. I can't really, you know, I can't make chicken salad out of chicken shit. I got nothing to work with here. You know, I'm trying to go off the top of the dome. And I'm finding myself a little vacant. Uh... I I can entertain, but it's it's barren right now. There's nothing really to work with, and my dog's crying. He annoys the shit out of me. I want to just oh fuck. All right, I'm gonna publish this though. It's obviously not great, but I'm gonna publish it. Fuck it. Hello, this is Ohm. From Omecast. Uh, coming at you from Ohm's Cove in Congress, New York. Still a little self conscious on air. I hate having, I guess, what they call dead air, like nothing to talk about. That's why I want callers. But I was thinking this morning, I got stuff to talk about. You know, I actually had a good day yesterday, a learning day, a lot of reading. And I saw a couple of good things on TV that made me think, uh, you know, regarding politics, which I'm really, what I read made me realize it is more or less a waste of time, at least the way I was consuming politics, it is a waste of time because I would watch cable news and get all worked up because that's their job to make you think something is happening. And I realized watching cable news like MSNBC, they're basically reporting the same news on like eight different shows. It's the same shit over and over again each day. That's short term. Long term, it's still nothing. They're telling you nothing. And the main, the main reason that is is because the president's only in office for four years in four years, even though nowadays so much seems to happen and kind of does happen in four years, four years is nothing. Especially now that I'm 44, four years is a joke. 
Like, it, honestly, it seemed like Ronald Reagan was president forever when I was a kid. But obviously, as you get older, the scale of time changes. You have more years under your belt, so years seem shorter. But anyway, you know, so without getting too political, I will just talk about where I think, you know, without taking sides left or right. And, you know, I have, you know, I lean more left, but I appreciate, I have some very intelligent friends who are Republicans, and I absolutely listen to their opinions. And most of them, not most, well, a lot of them are valid. Well, at least I appreciate them. I see where they're coming from. There are a lot of intelligent Republicans, just not the one in the White House. And, you know, one of the things I saw on TV was a guy talking about how Donald Trump was basically inevitable. And it kind of lends to my point about time. Does anybody even, I don't think people in society even really think back 10 years ago. Like 10 years ago to many people is like ancient. But come on, 10 years ago is nothing. But he kind of chronicled it like we had Sarah Palin. He just mentioned her first. I mean, like, I'll try not to get too opinionated, but the fact that she was a vice presidential candidate for the Republican nominee is, like, is, is basically comical. I mean, the Republicans have tried some pretty funny stunts. McCain, I respect totally. He was a straight-up guy. Um... But uh, you know, and then we had you know think of the think of the economic turmoil. I mean, the crisis, the uh, the recession. I mean, shit was falling apart. We were on the precipice of disaster. And uh, you know, I know Trump now. I just think. I mean, I my opinion is that the economy. I don't know a whole lot. I'll admit that. But I think a lot of it is just smoke and mirrors and just terminology, you know, lexicon that people get intimidated by. I kind of know that because I was a financial advisor. And you basically start throwing bullshit words out there. People get scared. They think, I can't swim. Give me my checkbook, you know. And they write a check and they, they swear they need help. But more people are smartening up. Now that I'm in education, I talk to teachers who are pretty intelligent. And people, and I talked to my buddy, Tom, who I mentioned the other day. And he said the business is changing. Uh, you can't make as much money as easily. And that is because people are realizing they're seeing through the smoke and mirrors. Not a huge amount. Not as much as they should. But enough. I'm busy. Okay, that's it. I'll be back, guys. When is it? Okay. Put it on the calendar. I'm leaving for Put it on the desk on your way out. I was in the middle of a not, very good podcast. You I'm not. Totally I'm sorry. There's more information. Off. I have got. You were right about the Stendler, whatever. Sign hey. the flexor plastic. Doctors. Uh, 
Rolf's office is going to send that, the EMG, and your brachial plexus notes. Okay. All directly to Helen. Awesome. That's great, out. Mom. Thank you. So the, and then I spoke to the office of one of the uh, pain management men. Mm -hmm. He's very conservative, a neurologist. All he recommends is gabapentin and physical therapy. Well, there's a new type of gabapentin somebody told me about. I forget the name, and I'll find out. She's in AA, but it's a new, like a time release that she says helps her. Okay, you have to talk to Dr. Charlie. When did you make an appointment with him? No, I'll do that now. Okay, and if he has a problem with it, then Dr. Seliger. Because this guy, the pain management people are neurologists, like Dr. Seliger is. And the other guy hasn't gotten back to me yet. Who? The, the, I got two pain management people. Okay. One got back to me and told me that. The other one I haven't heard back from. All right. And Crystal will have all your stuff. Thanks, Sean. Hello, this is Ohm. It's 11.05 a.m. Ohm Standard. Uh, coming at you from, on brief tape delay, from Ohm's Cove in Congress, New York. Now, I actually did a segment a little while ago, but I got disrupted. And when I tried to publish it, it got all screwed up. I thought I was doing good. I really, it, was, it sounded good. I played it back. But I, I was talking about the fact that yesterday I, uh, I, I was doing some reading. Like I was thinking I don't like dead air. That's why I'm self-conscious on air. Because I'm afraid of dead air. That's why I want callers. But I was thinking I have, you know, substantial amount of uh things to share and uh you know yesterday i fed the head a little bit with some reading and i watched a couple of informative things on television that made me think uh one of the things i uh <clears throat> i read i'll try not to get too political and a big reason i won't is because some of what I read yesterday made me realize how futile it is, especially the way I was getting my information in politics. And I was getting, letting myself get all worked up based on watching cable news, which is really a bad habit. I kind of knew I was doing it for entertainment, but I was still allowing it to get me emotional. And, uh, you know, I lean left, but I... I have some some friends, some good friends, some intelligent friends who are Republicans, and I I absolutely listen to their opinions. Most of them, some of them come out with some wacky shit that just angers me. But some of them have some very valid things to say. You know, my most intelligent Republican friend is really, and it's probably the most the most uh, legitimate things about Republicans is the financial responsibility. He's very 
you know, he owns some properties, he's a physical therapist, you know, economics is his big issue. And so when he says things about Trump, now I honestly feel like, you know, so like I was saying, I do feel that there are some very intelligent Republicans, just not the one in the White House. Now, I kind of feel like Trump stepped in shit because I, I think, you know, the economy is cyclical. He happens to have caught it in a good cycle. Now, my buddy's like, no, the, the, the uh, trade agreements, the tariffs, the this, you know, and the employment is big. And he said, you know, that you look at the jobs created, and that's a real great indicator of how the economy's doing. Now, I hear Trump saying how Obama, you know, increased the debt so hugely, but I think that has a lot to do with why so many jobs have been created. So it's kind of like, you know, you got to follow, follow the narrative. But anyway, um, so what I was thinking, I was saying that watching cable news is a joke because, uh, and this is all ties in together, and it's part of the what I watched on TV that made me think he was talking about politics. And the guy said, and part of my reason for thinking getting, you know, politics is is ridiculous to even get worked up over is because of time. The fact that we have a president in office for four years, more or less, for the most part, large scale, nothing happened in four years. Now, four years, I'm 44 years old now. Four years now is not where it was when I was 10. You know, it felt like Ronald Reagan was in the White House forever when I was a kid. He's like the eternal president. But obviously, as you get older, the scale of time changes and uh, you get more time under your belt and the years seem shorter. And I realized basically nothing can happen. I mean, even Donald Trump, I don't think he's a very bright guy. And I think his main, you know, blunder is his cultural insensitivity. And it's like a cycle because he's culturally insensitive and he never apologizes. So he naturally just says things that bother people, make them angry. And then they say things and this guy gets angry at anything. You say anything about him and there's so much to make fun. The guy looks ridiculous, but I won't get into that. But he gets so defensive and they say he's a counterpuncher. He just loves getting into the mud. And, you know, if you really follow the narrative, Obama pulled him into the mud at that award dinner back however long ago. You know, he made fun of him. He humiliated him. You know, and, I mean, Donald Trump basically got lucky getting elected. I don't think he'll ever admit that, but he did not expect to be president. But he is. You know, he thinks it's fate, like he's destined for greatness because he's some kind of superhero. But it really is just luck, the fact that Hillary Clinton is a fucking disaster, whose husband, I think, is an asshole, too. I heard, side note, that Bill Clinton flew out to Jeffrey Epstein's island 26 times. And I got that from a pretty reliable source, so I don't doubt it. And I know Bill Clinton's a piece of shit. So I'll, you know, I'll gladly not take sides left or right, you know, because all politicians are assholes. And it's almost like they make a conscious decision to become an asshole. Because as a person, they could be 
perfectly fine, man, even more, probably, except Bill Clinton and Donald Trump. Actually, yeah, scratch that. They're not great. I think the fact that they get in it, and you know, I've I've liked Bernie Sanders a lot over the years, but if he was truly proud of what he's done to politics, which he has flipped it, I'm very proud of him. But he's got that ego, you know. I guess all, not all, but many humans have that ego. He wants to be in that office, and I I guess I can understand. He's worked towards it his whole life. And he's he's got one foot in the grave. He just wants to sit at that desk in the Oval Office. And he kind of kinda deserves it. I think there are enough people who really vehemently disagree with... And the fact that he labeled himself a democratic socialist. He almost kind of doesn't deserve to be president for doing something that stupid. Not that being a democratic socialist is stupid, but calling yourself anything socialist. He thought democratic or democratic would lighten the blow? No, Bernie. Come on. Wise up. But anyway, I'm getting too political. Well, I'm not going to take sides. But uh, so some of the other things I read, you know, shifting gears from politics now and just going to some other things. A great book, Sapiens, by this author, Yuval Noah Harari. This guy's really smart. I disagreed with a couple of things he wrote, but for the most part, I thought he was, I think he's incredible, a genius, brilliant. I think Malcolm Gladwell's a genius. And I started reading another book, Enlightenment Now. This book is, I'm loving it. It's by Steven Pinker, who's a, uh, he's a cognitive psychologist professor at Harvard. And the book is great so far. Bill Gates says it's his favorite book. And he also had some, oh, I'm reading, I just finished a biography of Leonardo da Vinci. I, I went to Barnes & Noble a few weeks ago, and I used to pretty much only read biographies. and uh, But I, I veered away from that. You know, I started getting more into particular authors, one of them being Malcolm Gladwell. And now I like this guy, Yuval Noah Harari. But uh, I discovered this guy. I went into the biography section just for old time's sake. I wanted to revisit my past. And I stumbled across Walter Isaacson. And now this guy's got me. This guy's awesome. So I picked up Leonardo da Vinci. And this guy blew my mind. And uh, I finished that. And I just started Albert Einstein because I've watched some things on YouTube that have gradually got me interested in physics. So I'm like, yeah, let me check out Albert Einstein because I knew some stuff about him. I always thought it was cool, very interesting, so I'm very curious. But right off the bat, there's a picture of him riding a bicycle and a quote that says, life is like riding a bicycle. Uh, In order to keep you balanced, you have to keep moving. Now that's, you know, that's not exactly quantum physics. That's an observation that I think is brilliant. It's, you know, uh, it's, it's perfectly, you know, understandable. It's well within layman's terms. Riding a bicycle, life is like riding a bicycle. In order to keep you balanced, you must keep moving. 
Anybody can relate to that. And I totally relate to that. I think it's great because I mentioned I have a brain injury. I was in a car accident and in a five-week coma. So I get tired a lot. And uh, not all day, usually in the middle of the day. And I lay down. And when I do, man, it's like I fu- it's like my bed is like fucking quicksand. It's so hard to get up. And I've gotten pretty down on myself, you know, like I beat myself up. I'm so lazy. I'm so fucking whatever. I won't get into all the adjectives I call myself. But I'm getting better with that anyway. But I got to keep moving. I'm going to think of that quote in that picture. And I love Albert Einstein. But, uh... So I'm also reading a book by Steven Pinker called Enlightenment Now. And, uh... And I, he quoted my favorite philosopher who we can talk about, Baruch Spinoza. Now, here's a guy, I'm pretty sure it was 16th century Amsterdam. He was a Jewish guy, excommunicated by, the, by Judaism, you know, for being a heretic because he's a rebel. You know, that's why I love him. I love these rebels. You know, I, I always have loved Nietzsche, who I think got villainized, and, you know, is, is not as bad as you think. But I kind of learned more about him just personally, and, and I got a different impression of him through his writing from what I discovered and what I... I you can never know. You never know. You're not going to meet these guys. They're dead. But I think Nietzsche... You know, was a little more powerful and thunderous with his pen than he was in real life. But I won't get into that. But Spinoza, just a quick quote that I adored. He said, The truly enlightened man desires nothing for himself that he does not desire for all of humankind. And it's like, if I didn't totally love Baruch Spinoza before I read that, I totally love, well, I guess I love him even more now. But, uh, like I said, he got excommunicated. But anybody who has a problem, you know, I get in, I, I debate, you know, to myself, people, because people debate about God. God is a word, Atheist is a word. People think they are an atheist, but they appreciate beauty and nature and and the organic order of things. Just look up on YouTube, Ruth Spinoza, because he was considered a heretic and an atheist. But nobody appreciated and loved what many people would call God more than Ruth Spinoza. Nobody. Just think of that quote. Is there anything more godlike than that? Come on. But anyway, I obviously have a lot to talk about, and I want to play music. And if you're a Warren Zevon fan, or even if you're not, listen to Hula Hula Boys. That's my new favorite song. Renegade will always be my favorite Warren Zevon song. But listen to Hula Hula Boys. And listen, if nobody told you they love you today, Ohm loves you. Hello, <clears throat> this is Ohm. Another episode of Ohmcast coming to you from Ohm's Cove. Just wanted to relate that it just doesn't matter.
it just doesn't matter. Nike Indians cheerleaders will always be fatter. But what I'm thinking about with it just doesn't matter. I was watching Robert Mueller, the Mueller report, and the Trump, and this, and it just doesn't fucking matter. The way I look at it with Trump, I could care less if they nail him for obstruction and get him impeached and all. I know there are, like, people on the left who are dying to get him out of office. The reason I think it doesn't matter is because I'm pretty confident that in time, you know, more than likely sooner rather than later, it's going to come to the surface that Trump is very corrupt and has really bent and broken many rules I mean, it's inevitable. The guy has done some shady, rotten shit. And, like, all stuff... Well, not all, but most stuff, it comes out. You know? It comes out. And, uh... And not, nothing bad is happening in the country. The economy's fine. You know, the news makes it out that, like... And I know that a lot of black guys are getting shot and mistreated by the police. That is wrong. But that's not because Trump's in office. That's because we have, you know, an, an efficient, um, you know, a judicial, whatever, uh, police. Yeah, I don't know what to call. I don't know what to call. We have inefficient policing, which really isn't that inefficient. I mean, we're all pretty safe, but it's still not safe to be a black man. In America, it's a lot better than it has been. Progress has definitely been made. But there's still some very, you know, unfair, you know, there's inequality. And, I mean, a lot of it, we get to see video of it, and it's just like, oh, my God, did that total... You know, I was thinking, actually, about... Because uh, I'm reading a great book called Enlightenment Now by Steven Pinker, and it deals with... You know, I mean, enlightenment ideas. Reason, science, humanism, and progress. And I'm thinking about how the effect of television and media, the effect it has is crazy because if you do some reading about, like, statistics of Civil War battles, there were hundreds of thousands of soldiers dying in every fucking battle. Hundreds of thousands. And that's when the population wasn't anywhere near what it is today. But then fast forward to 2001, the World Trade Center. Now, that was horrible. 3,000 Americans died, which is, you know, that just blew people's minds. But I think what made it so mind-blowing was seeing the footage of it. You know, you see planes crashing into the World Trade Center, and that's just so insane. The image of that, the power of television, of media, you know, that got people created, fucked me up, you know. But I'm talking about just the sheer numbers. That's 3,000, and they weren't soldiers. They were civilians. So that also makes a difference. But I remember when I was a young kid learning about the Civil War, hundreds of thousands of soldiers. 
And then, you know, Vietnam, 55,000, you know, that's 55,000 young Americans. And the World Trade Center's 3,000. And it was terrible. It was fucked up. We got attacked, you know. But I'm reading this book, and it's talking about some of the anti-enlightenment concepts. Like, my neighbor's cutting his lawn. That's the noise you hear. But, uh... You know, uh, religion and nationalism, I mean, it is kind of bullshit to be convinced when you're young. Like, dying for your country is honorable, and you die as a hero, you'll be remembered forever. It's like, come on. that That's almost like believing you go to heaven, and that's more important than enjoying yourself on earth, or you know, dying as a martyr for religion. These are just some of the anti-reason, anti-enlightenment um, things. Religion, nationalism, things like that. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, I just read the quote, you know, I'm going to start the next chapter on progress. And it's actually a quote. Oh, that lawnmower bugs the shit out of me. But anyway, um... Quoted Barack Obama, and I'm not a big Barack Obama fan. I think he was kind of a pussy. I think right off the bat, you just watch her play basketball. The guy played basketball like a pussy, and that always says something to me how a guy plays basketball tells you something about his personality. He was very conservative, he played it safe. And we don't need a president. And so I do, I kind of, I don't really, I, I, I basically really dislike Donald Trump. But he's not a pussy, which is part of his problem. He's just a balls out, you know, he breaks the law. You know, and he abuses other human beings. He's a real scumbag. But uh, Barack Obama was just the polar opposite. He was way too safe. He played it too safe. That's why I thought he played hoops like a pussy. But uh, it was a great quote at the beginning of the chapter for progress. Barack Obama said in 2016, If you had the choice to be born at any point in human history, not knowing if you'd be in a wealthy or a poor family, not knowing if you were going to be a man or a woman, you know, not knowing anything, when would you choose to be born? you choose right now, and that's kind of true. And that's a great argument for progress. Hello. <clears throat> this is Ohm. Another episode of Ohmcast. Coming to you from Ohm's Cove. Just wanted to relate that. It just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Nyack Indians cheerleaders will always be fatter. But what I'm thinking about with it just doesn't matter. I was watching Robert Mueller, the Mueller report, and the Trump, and this, and it just doesn't fucking matter. The way I look at it with Trump, I could care less if they nail him for obstruction and get him impeached and all. I know there are, like, people on the left who are dying to get him out of office. The reason I think it doesn't matter is because I'm pretty confident that in time, you know, 
more than likely sooner rather than later it's going to come to the surface that Trump is very corrupt and has really bent and broken many rules. I mean, it's inevitable. The guy has done some shady, rotten shit and like all stuff, well not all, but most stuff, it comes out. You know? It comes out. And, uh, and not, nothing bad is happening in the country. The economy's fine. You know, the news makes it out that, like, and I know that a lot of black guys are getting shot and mistreated by the police. That is wrong. But that's not because Trump's in office. That's because we have, you know, an, an efficient, um, you know, a judicial, whatever, uh, police. Yeah, I don't know what to call. I don't know what to call. We have inefficient policing, which really isn't that inefficient. I mean, we're all pretty safe, but it's still not safe to be a black man in America. It's a lot better than it has been. Progress has definitely been made, but there's still some very, you know, unfair. You know, there's inequality, and I mean, a lot of it, we get to see video of it, and it's just like, oh my God, did that total, you know, I was thinking actually about, because uh, I'm reading a great book called Enlightenment Now by Steven Pinker, and it deals with, you know, I mean, enlightenment ideas, reason, science, humanism, and progress, and I'm thinking about how the effect of television and media, the effect it has is crazy because if you do some reading about like statistics of Civil War battles, there were hundreds of thousands of soldiers dying in every fucking battle. Hundreds of thousands. And that's when the population wasn't anywhere near what it is today. But then fast forward to 2001 the World Trade Center now that was horrible 3,000 Americans died which is you know that just blew people's minds but I think what made it so mind blowing was seeing the footage of it you know you see planes crashing into the World Trade Center and that's just so insane the image of that the power of television of media, you know, that got people crazy, it fucked me up, you know, but I'm talking about just the sheer numbers, that's 3,000, and they weren't soldiers, they were civilians, so that also makes a difference, but I remember when I was a young kid learning about the Civil War, hundreds of thousands of soldiers, and then, you know, Vietnam, 55,000, you know, that's 55,000 young Americans. And the World Trade Center's 3,000, and it was terrible, it was fucked up, we got attacked, you know. But I'm reading this book, and it's talking about some of the anti-enlightenment concepts, like, my neighbor's cutting his lawn, that's the noise you hear. But, uh... You know, uh, religion 
and nationalism. I mean, it is kind of bullshit to be convinced when you're young. Like, dying for your country is honorable, and you die as a hero, you'll be remembered forever. It's like, come on. that That's almost like believing you go to heaven, and that's more important than enjoying yourself on earth, or you know, dying as a martyr for religion. These are just some of the anti-reason, anti- um, enlightenment things, religion, nationalism, things like that. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, I just read the quote, you know, I'm going to start the next chapter on progress, and it's actually a quote. Oh, that lawnmower bugs the shit out of me. But anyway, um,. Quoted Barack Obama, and I'm not a big Barack Obama fan. I think he was kind of a pussy. I think right off the bat, you just watch her play basketball. The guy played basketball like a pussy, and that always says something to me how a guy plays basketball tells you something about his personality. He was very conservative, he played it safe. And we don't need a president. And so I do, I kind of, I don't really, I, I, I basically really dislike Donald Trump. But he's not a pussy, which is part of his problem. He's just a balls out, you know, he breaks the law. You know, and he abuses other human beings. He's a real scumbag. But uh, Barack Obama was just the polar opposite. He was way too safe. He played it too safe. That's why I thought he played hoops like a pussy. But uh, it was a great quote at the beginning of the chapter for progress. Barack Obama said in 2016, If you had the choice to be born at any point in human history, not knowing if you'd be in a wealthy or a poor family, not knowing if you were going to be a man or a woman, you know, not knowing anything, when would you choose to be born? you choose right now, and that's kind of true. And that's a great argument for progress. Hello. <clears throat> this is Ohm. Another episode of Ohmcast. Coming to you from Ohm's Cove. Just wanted to relate that. It just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Nike Indians cheerleaders will always be fatter. But what I'm thinking about with it just doesn't matter. I was watching Robert Mueller, the Mueller report, and the Trump, and this, and it just doesn't fucking matter. The way I look at it with Trump, I could care less if they nail him for obstruction and get him impeached and all. I know there are, like, people on the left who are dying to get him out of office. The reason I think it doesn't matter is because I'm pretty confident that in time, you know, more than likely sooner rather than later, it's going to come to the surface that Trump is very corrupt and has really bent and broken many rules I mean, it's inevitable. The guy has done some shady, rotten shit. And, like, all stuff... Well, not all, but most stuff. It comes out. You know? It comes out. And, uh... And not, nothing bad is happening in the country. The economy's fine. 
you know, the news makes it out that, like, and I know that a lot of black guys who get shot and mistreated by the police. That is wrong. But that's not because Trump's in office. That's because we have, you know, an inefficient, um, you know, a judicial, whatever, uh, police, yeah, I don't know what you call I don't know what you call We have inefficient policing, which really isn't that inefficient. I mean, we're all pretty safe, but it's still not safe to be a black man in America. It's a lot better than it has been. Progress has definitely been made, but there's still some very, you know, unfair you know, there's inequality, and I mean, a lot of it, we get to see video of it, and it's just like, oh my god, that told, you know, I was thinking, actually, about, because uh, I'm reading a great book called Enlightenment Now by Steven Pinker, and it deals with, you know, I mean, enlightenment ideas, reason, science, humanism, and progress, and I'm thinking about how the effect of television and media, the effect it has is crazy because if you do some reading about like statistics of Civil War battles, there were hundreds of thousands of soldiers dying in every fucking battle. Hundreds of thousands. And that's when the population wasn't anywhere near what it is today. But then fast forward to 2001 the World Trade Center now that was horrible 3,000 Americans died which is you know that just blew people's minds but I think what made it so mind blowing was seeing the footage of it you know you see planes crashing into the World Trade Center and that's just so insane the image of that the power of television of media, you know, that got people crazy, it fucked me up, you know, but I'm talking about just the sheer numbers, that's 3,000, and they weren't soldiers, they were civilians, so that also makes a difference, but I remember when I was a young kid learning about the Civil War, hundreds of thousands of soldiers, and then, you know, Vietnam, 55,000, you know, that's 55,000 young Americans. And the World Trade Center's 3,000, and it was terrible, it was fucked up, we got attacked, you know. But I'm reading this book, and it's talking about some of the anti-enlightenment concepts, like, my neighbor's cutting his lawn, that's the noise you hear. But, uh... You know, uh, religion and nationalism, I mean, it is kind of bullshit to be convinced when you're young. Like, dying for your country is honorable, and you die as a hero, you'll be remembered forever. It's like, come on. that That's almost like believing you go to heaven, and that's more important than enjoying yourself on earth, or you know, dying as a martyr for religion. These are just some of the anti-reason, anti-enlightenment um, things. Religion, nationalism, things like that. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, I just read the quote, you know, I'm going to start the next chapter on progress. 
And it's actually a quote. Oh, that lawnmower bugs the shit out of me. But anyway, um, quoted Barack Obama, and I'm not a big Barack Obama fan. I think he was kind of a pussy. I think right off the bat, you just watch her play basketball. The guy played basketball like a pussy, and that always says something to me how a guy plays basketball tells you something about his personality. He was very conservative. He played it safe. And we don't need a president. And so I do, I kind of, I don't really, I, I, I basically really dislike Donald Trump. But he's not a pussy, which is part of his problem. He's just a balls out, you know, he breaks the law. You know, and he abuses other human beings. He's a real scumbag. But, uh, Barack Obama was just the polar opposite. He was way too safe. He played it too safe. That's why I thought he played hoops like a pussy. But uh, it was a great quote at the beginning of the chapter for progress. Barack Obama said in 2016, If you had the choice to be born at any point in human history, not knowing if you'd be in a wealthy or a poor family, not knowing if you were going to be a man or a woman, you know, not knowing anything. When would you choose to be born? You choose right now, and that's kind of true. And that's a great argument for progress. Hello. DJ. Hey, how are you, man? Good, you're on. Cool, cool. Obviously. So what's up, brother? Thanks for uh, thanks for doing this, man. Yeah, we've been trying to get this together for a while now. Having yeah. having occasional phone conversations where we discuss some pretty classic shit and say that would make a great podcast. That could be the cool a cool name for it. Classic shit. Classic shit works for me. <laughs> yeah, we've been talking about this now for how long? A while. Well, yeah, I went on your podcast a couple of years ago, but we didn't really, we weren't really discussing getting it going. I'd say for like at least the last six months, right? Maybe more. Yeah. You know, you know, it's crazy. I haven't, that was like crazy time doing that podcast because it was like exhausting. You know, like I, I was only doing it to try to keep myself busy during a uh, commute. Oh. I was but I, I keep thinking about it as I'm driving now because I do a lot of driving for work. And I the whole the whole idea of it was to call out, um, you know, uh, cars that I see that had advertisements on it. And my, my whole thing was about mentioning them. And it was about driving traffic to your website. But I would have the celebrities in the car, the celebrity impersonations that I was I doing. That. Oh, that. Oh, yeah. great. That was so, genius. It was, it was exhausting. Though, it, I was driving from Pearl River to Morristown, New Jersey. So it was like an hour, 10, hour, minute, yes. hour and 10 minutes. And by the time I got to Morristown, as, as it went on, I started filling up my car with more personalities. I became mentally exhausted. I was. <laughs> I <got> to, <laughs> That's I got, a job within it. That's a couple of jobs. The commute is a job within a job. 
Yeah. Oh man, it was it was crazy. It was I was trying to test myself to see how I can bounce around from different characters, and it was funny because when you when you're talking sometimes to you know as yourself, I was myself in the car. I had Andy Garcia as my my co-host, and then we'd pick up different people in the in the and the, they'd be in the back seat. But what's that? Hello. I think I lost you there for a second. Yeah. DJ. Okay. I think I lost you there for a quick second. Yeah. Yeah, you back? Good. Yeah, but I was going to say, that's like, I mean, if you get into something like that, probably the commute probably was like over before you knew it. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was, (laughs) yeah, it was interesting, but like, like, Weird, like yeah, your commute goes fast, but you're still mentally exhausted. It's like it's strange. It's just strange dynamic. Yeah, it was. It was really um, like it was like a test sometimes to see, because sometimes I'd be having a conversation or talking about a topic, and then I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know what to say anymore. I'd run out, you know, like because as I'm recording the podcast. And then I would switch a character. I'd switch into Andy Garcia, and he'd pick up right away. And we're having a conversation. Yeah, I really enjoyed Andy Garcia. He was one of my favorites. Thank you so much, Marty. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I really appreciate you having me on your show. (laughs) Mr. Garcia, now, during your commute to Morristown, do you remember any of the billboard activity? Does any of it come back to memory? Ironically, sure we weren't looking at billboards. We were looking at cars and, and cars that were wrapped with advertisements, and we would call them out and talk about the, those uh, businesses, maybe plug their their, uh, their phone number. And it, we, I never even noticed the billboards. So um, it was a different type of show. But now maybe I would like to do that, go around and talking about the billboards since Dan is working for, the, uh, for Outfront Media now. Mr. Garcia, you know, you just, you remind me so much of Dan's Puerto Rican it's uncles. Right. I, yeah, I mean, it's uncanny. I mean, the way you said Donnie. I mean, it's like, oh my God, I, I feel like I'm talking to Dan's well, uncle I, George. Well, I, uh, you know, I never had the pleasure of meeting uh, his uncles, but maybe one day, one day. I, I'm not Puerto Rican, yet, you know. Well, any any time you want to come to the backyard for some empanadillas and some oh, bats. That sounds like a fun time. That sounds like a fun time. I would love to do that. But I have to get... Or just eat some of the monster tomatoes out of the chief's garden. I, I'm aware of these sort of record-breaking uh, tomatoes and also the corn stalks that the man had. I heard that the garden was actually bigger than the property that he had. <laughs> the the garden was a large percentage of the landscape, but it was the pride and joy of Chief Milan. He didn't want to cut the grass, so he just continued to grow the garden and make it wider and bigger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, that's fun. we got to get we got to get the chief on here. This would be, he would be a great guest for you. Oh, that that would be unbelievable for us. <laughs> this is our show. Oh man, do I remember those days back in the day, man? I I think of those, you know, like it's like when you're young, you know, 
we obviously had so much fun with uh, those barbecues and all the characters that were there, like the, the Yugoslavian uncles and the Puerto Ricans. Well, I think your exposure, you know, to the accents of your uncles, I mean, it's obviously just where it comes yeah, from. Yeah, I think so. I think that was a big part of that. Those barbecues were insane. They were insane. They were so much fun. Like they were two different cultures clashing together and they all had fun. I mean, Maybe that's the one good thing that uh, alcohol did. It made all these people not kill each other. They were just singing songs. Well, it was, a so- it was a social lubricant. It was just like everybody in. It was just get fucking yeah. crazy. It was great. <laughs> they were singing. You know, Uncle Moncho would wheel in his speakers, right? His three-foot speakers ready to take over. Ah, yeah, yeah, you yeah, that. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Senora. I love that. That's awesome, man. Yeah, it was great. That was great. But you think about that, like when we were in it, being so young, you know, you'd never think, oh, my God, years from now, I'll be doing a podcast with Marty talking about this. <laughs> well, that that's just crazy. Like, imagine if we could have videotaped back then. We could be watching video. That would blow us away. But like, oh, let's watch some of those video clips of Muncho and Chaco and George cooking and pie, grilling and pine is pounding back. <laughs> well, Macho had the, uh, the the Puerto Ricans brought in like the, the Budweiser nips, you know, the little tiny cans they had. And the Serbians <laughs> had all the backs and the moonshine. They had this moonshine called Slivovitz. Remember that? Oh, I remember the bottom of the picture. You da- I, that, that was like paint oh, removal. It was God. unbelievable. Uh, I couldn't handle it. I remember I would do, I did it on Christmas one time. He gave me a shot, my dad. And then all of a sudden my face looked like I would, I rubbed like grape jelly all over my face. I broke out into hives. <laughs> and he, he was always like, he's good. It cleans out the entire system for you. <laughs> yeah. It tests yeah, like he's a it doctor. all. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it was like on the holidays, like the secret weapon came out, like, and there was like a picture of like some Russian guy on it. It was like Dostoevsky on the uh, painted on the bottle. I was like, this is some like paint remover, <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, it was like paint remover. Do you, do you remember like um, the neighbor down the street? Remember Mirko Marat? Remember him? Of course. Do you remember of his course. father? Yeah, he be big yeah, boozer. He, I think I believe he passed away. That guy. Yeah. Oh, really? But he. I remember one time when he came to uh, the barbecue. Now he's Croatian. These guys are all Serbian. My family's Serbian, so you know they they have their all their conflicts. And you know my my father and uh, his brothers. They don't. Well, you're you. If you recall, I I recall giving you the nickname Serbian Ice. Yes, I, uh, I think that was like mid nineties. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I think about that now, and how you know, I still like to do my freestyle when I'm in the car, and I and I reflect to the Serbian ice name sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember one time when he came to the the, the party, the bar- barbecue, and he had this T-shirt on that said Croatian number one, and these guys didn't care. These guys were just looking to get drunk, and you know, whatever they're laughing. But and I, 
I had this earring, like the hoop earring. You remember that hoop earring I had in my? Of well, course, you Gerard. though. <laughs> don't say that. But he, but he was like <laughs> drunk. Uh, Merkel's father, I forget his first name, but he was like kind of like you know pissed off about the earring, and like he was poking it. And I remember like my aunt sitting there, my aunt Bula, and she was just like. Like staring, like whoa, like almost like so uncomfortable that somebody was was doing this to me, like provoking me. And then all, slowly, I look up and I see like all the Serbian uncles all around, just eating their cigarettes, not even saying anything. <laughs> you, know? you know, and and then, but the, so nothing, nothing happened there. But like uh, the the poor, I think my father like tried to you know calm him down, pull him away. But he ended up walking home. It's like a half a mile away from our house. Yeah, yeah. It's a little and he fell because he was so bombed, and he broke. He broke oh, all sh- of his teeth on the on the. Oh, yeah. fuck. That's so that's so Eastern European. Like go go to a barbecue and break your teeth. <laughs> I know. Come on. I know. It's so true. <laughs> go to a barbecue and break all of your teeth. <laughs> So you can still have yeah. some fun. What's our fucking team? It's got to happen at least once in your life, you know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> so that's that's uh, one of the memories I have from uh, those incredible barbecues that we had, man. Those are wild. Right across yeah. the street. Right across the street from you. It was a huge carnival. Yeah. It was a carnival. It was like you, you just cross the street and you enter a brand new dimension. <laughs> and dimension. <laughs> just, just start destroying backs. You get the, the cooking, the music. It's like right across the street. Yeah, new world. Seriously. Walk, walk through that wooden fence and you enter a brand <laughs> new world of all these characters and you're going to get bombed. Yeah, that's cool, it. man. You know, so like it's a, that's a thing in life, right? We're there, you know. We, we 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 I must be taking something for granted right now, too, right? Like all we do, I feel like, you know, sometimes we go through this life and we we complain a lot more than we should, you know. I do anyway, but like when you look back, you're like, God, if I could just go back to that time for a day, how cool would how much would you enjoy that moment? You know, those good times. Yeah, well, that's what's crazy about having stuff on video. It's so much more real, like the memories. But I'm going to find out in the future. I'm going to find out if there's some video. There has to be some video that my mother has. There has to be. I'm going to find out. Could you imagine? Because I vaguely remember something that we saw of. uh, Like that would just be gold. God, I know. I know. To see all that, that that I know that there is. I'm gonna find out from my mother. We should get her on the show too. Yeah, Can we get your parents too. I would love to talk to you, sure. Ann and Bob, Mike. Would Mike do it? Mike probably won't even do it. He would, but we, it would just be tricky getting him. I don't know what his schedule is like, but I'll I'll mention it too. We just gotta plan ahead. You gotta. You know, strategize, but we'll get them. That would be so. What's great. going on? So, what's going on in your life right now? Um, I would say, I mean, 
this the snows uh, um there's no school today so I oh, stop yeah. I I go in like three or four days a week it's so easy but I I, I love it because I just read all day and you know I interact with the kids I take attendance I bullshit a little bit but the, the way school is now there's not a lot of teaching but it's classic I go to south I would feel stressed. I feel like a little kid. When That's I cool, go. man. That's really cool. You love it. Yeah, it's great. That's awesome. I love it. That's fantastic. Who would have thought, right? Oh, I wrote a book. I wrote a book, so I'm I'm going through that now. Like my buddy is helping me do a little preliminary editing, and uh, and I'm I'm reading about self publishing. And stuff like that. But it's weird because, like, I started right before New Year's. I just got up one morning and I started writing. And uh, and I wrote every day for a month for about two or three hours. And I wrote my whole story from the time of my accident in 2004 up till now. And I left a lot of shit out, but I got some basic stuff. I mean, I had, like, no no outline. I was just writing, and I would think about where I wrote and think about where I'd want to write. I'd think about it all day, and then I'd get up in the morning and spend, like, two or three hours just purging all these memories. A lot of rehabs, a lot of psych wars, a lot, you know, a lot of struggles, but it's a good story. I mean, and go, basically going through life with a brain injury, struggling with alcohol and drugs. So it's interesting. And, you know, different girlfriends and relationships and rehabs and psych wars. And then I started getting thrown in jail, you know, and got an order of protection, started having me put in jail. So it's a lot of interesting stories. But I wrote, like, I, you know, it's weird because, like, I want to, you know, maybe contact an editor or a publisher. Like, I don't want to give up on it, but I just feel like I did it. Like, I set out, and I was so focused for every day for a month writing for a couple hours. I was so into it. And I got to tell you, Dan, like, I kind of missed it. I loved it. I was on a That's mission. Great. I was so engrossed in writing this story. And now that it's done, I'm like, I feel so like it's such an accomplishment. I concentrated and focused for hours a day, every day for a month and wrote this whole story. Like I, for years I wanted to do something like that, but I never had the staying power to do it. But, but now that I have done that, I, I captured my story, it's there. It's not going anywhere. I wanted to, you know, maybe get it edited and maybe see if I get it published. But I feel like just having it done is such an accomplishment. Oh, my God, yeah. That's that's fantastic, man. Fantastic. And your story out there is going to help so many people, I think. You know, it, it's helped me. It's helped me. Like, it, it's, it's just amazing. There's probably someone's going to... You never know what's going to happen from this, you know, and it's you're doing it from pure passion. So it's not just about making money, you know, but sometimes when you do things from passion in your heart, that's when that money comes too. So you you may have a movie done, you know, 
it, it may be incredible what, what's going to happen from this. Just the fact that you started that, and you finished it. That that's that's the whole thing to me. Just that I did it. Like I, like a couple of my friends have read it and they're like, "This is great." Like, I don't even care. I mean, I won't say I don't care at all, but like being a, getting notoriety and having you know all this accolades and fame or anything like that, like that's attractive, of course. But just getting it done, and I have a few friends who've read it who have said it's good. Like I feel good. Like I'm so proud that yeah. I did it. Like anything extra that comes is going to be just that. It's going to be extra. The job has been done. I did what I didn't think I could do. And just the fact that I got it done, I feel like I climbed the mountain just with that. Anything else is, is gravy. I, I hope, you know, people want to read it and it gets attention. That would be great. That's fantastic, man. That is so cool, bro. I, that's that's an inspiration for so many people right there. Just the fact that you did something like that, you know, and I just think it's going to be great. I can't wait to to read the whole thing, man. It's going to be uh, that's going to be a great read for sure, for sure. Yeah, that's something a couple of my friends say. They said they were motivated to do something. Just the fact that I wrote my story, and I pounded it out. Like, I didn't even tell anybody. I, you were, like, one of the only guys I told I was doing it. And I did it quick. I, I mean, I wrote, it's, my friend said it takes 150 pages. I did it in a month. I just wrote it. And, and, and there was plenty of times when I was like, I feel like I should be writing now. But I was like, I'm going to wait. I got to marinate, think about where I wrote, think about where I want to write. And I would just get up every morning and write for a couple hours. And it came out, I mean, it's a lot. I so wrote a on, lot. So you, were you typing it out or writing it freehand? Typing oh. it. Wow. Yeah, that's the other thing. The iPad, it's like, if I didn't have that tool, I went on my iPad, went on notes, and just started typing. And I was like, this is so easy. You if it was a pain in the ass, like a typewriter or a, a laptop, it, it was just easy. Did to you have? Do. A, did you take any pictures of you by the? Uh, you know, by, while you're typing it or anything, <laughs> that'd be cool no. to see. You know, you in the middle of that uh, that whole. Book. Well, I'd I'd like to continue to do it. That's another reason why I kind of hope people want to read this and it gets attention. It's because I loved writing. Like I was on a mission. I was engrossed. I was like, I was all in. I loved writing my story and reminiscing. It was like, it was like therapeutic. It was like cathartic going back over all this wild shit that happened and remembering it all and all the people I've met and come across and, and describing them and describing what the experiences were like. I That's loved beautiful, it. That's beautiful, bro. That is beautiful, man. I'm so fucking happy for you. I really am. That is the coolest thing. That's inspiring. Your whole story is inspiring. And the fact that you're writing like this is, is inspiring. And like I said, you're going to be helping people, people to, uh, to live a better life. And it's, it's just, it's a beautiful thing, man. So congratulations, bro. Congrats. Thanks.
Thank you, Mr. By, Garcia. By, uh, you know, no, thank you. Thank you, Marty. Miracle Marty, I like to call you. Marty? Is it a Marty, Marty. Mr. Well, I heard Garcia? That's what Uncle, Uncle Jorge calls you. Marty. He doesn't like to pronounce the T. This is great stuff, bro. Great stuff. But I'm gonna I gotta jump now. I gotta I gotta start to start the day working. But we gotta do this again. We gotta do this again. We should plan for uh you know to get somebody on here, a, a guest during the week. We'll plan something. Yeah, yeah. This is our first run. It's still yeah. brand new, but I thought Absolutely, it was Absolutely, man. This is great. Are you kidding me? Tuesday mornings, right? We'll we'll target that and then we'll see what happens. It's line up again. Yeah. All right, we got it. We got it. We'll work on it. Well, I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you. Give me a call. You got it, bro. Thank you so much, man. Have a great day, Mr. Oh, Garcia. You too. Thank you so much, and God bless you. <laughs> Hello, DJ. Hey, how are you, man? Good. You're on. Cool. Cool. That's... Obviously. So, what's up, brother? Thanks for uh, thanks for doing this, man. Yeah, we've been trying to get this together for a while now. Having yeah. having occasional phone conversations where we discuss some pretty classic shit and say that would make a great podcast. That could be the cool a cool name for it. Classic shit. Classic shit works for me. <laughs> yeah, we've been talking about this now for how long? A while. Well, yeah, I went on your podcast a couple of years ago, but we didn't really, we weren't really discussing getting it going. I'd say for like at least the last six months, right? Maybe more. Yeah. You know, you know, it's crazy. I haven't, that was like crazy time doing that podcast because it was like exhausting. You know, like I, I was only doing it to, try to keep myself busy during a uh, commute oh. I was having. but I, I keep thinking about it as i'm driving now because i do a lot of driving for work and i the whole the whole idea of it was to call out um you know uh, cars that i see that had advertisements on it and my, my whole thing was about mentioning them and it was about driving traffic to your website. But I would have the celebrities in the car, the celebrity impersonations that I was I doing. That. I love yeah. that. Great. That was so, genius. It was, it was exhausting. Though. It, I was driving from Pearl River to Morristown, New Jersey. So it was like an hour, 10 hour minute, yes. hour and 10 minutes. And by the time I got to Morristown, as, as it went on, I started filling up my car with more personalities. I became mentally exhausted. I was. <laughs> I got to, <laughs> That's I got, a job, isn't it? That's a couple of jobs. The commute is a job within a job. Yeah. Oh man, it was it was crazy. It was. I was trying to test myself to see how I can bounce around from different characters, and it was funny because when you when you're talking sometimes to you know as yourself, I was myself in the car. I had Andy Garcia as my my co-host. And then we'd pick up different people in the in the and they'd be in the back seat. But what's that? Hello? I think I lost you there for a second. Yeah. DJ. Okay. 
think I lost you there for a quick second. Yeah, yeah you back? Good. Yeah, but I was going to say, that's like, I mean, if you get into something like that, probably the commute probably was like over before you yeah, knew it. Was, it. Uh, yeah, it was, <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, it was interesting, but like, like, weird, like, yeah, your commute goes fast, but you're still mentally exhausted, it's like, it's strange. It's just strange dynamic. Yeah, it was. It was really, um, like, it was like a test sometimes to see, because sometimes I'd be having a conversation or talking about a topic, and then I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know what to say anymore. I'd run out, you know, like, because as I'm recording the podcast, and then I would switch a character. I'd switch into Andy Garcia, and he'd pick up right away. And we're having a conversation. Yeah, I really enjoyed Andy Garcia. He was one of my favorites. Why, thank you so much, Marty. Wow. <laughs> I really appreciate you having me on your show. <laughs> Mr. Garcia, now, during your commute to Morristown, do you remember any of the billboard activities? Does any of it come back to memory? Ironically, we weren't looking at billboards. We were looking at cars and, and cars that were wrapped with advertisements, and we would call them out and talk about the, those uh, businesses, maybe plug their their, uh, their phone number. And it, we, I never even noticed the billboards. So um, it was a different type of show. But now maybe I would like to do that, go around and talking about the billboards since Dan is working for, the, uh, for Outfront Media now. Mr. Garcia, you know, you just, you remind me so much of Dan's Puerto Rican it's uncles. Right. I, yeah, I mean, it's uncanny. I mean, the way you say, Donnie. I mean, it's like, oh my God, I, I feel like I'm talking to Dan's well, uncle I, George. Well, I, uh, you know, I never had the pleasure of meeting uh, his uncles, but maybe one day, one day. I, I'm not Puerto Rican, yet, you know. Well, any any time you want to come to the backyard for some empanadillas and some oh, bats, that sounds like a fun time. That sounds like a fun time. I would love to do that, but I have to get or just eat some of the monster tomatoes out of the chief's garden. I'm aware of these so record breaking uh, tomatoes and also the corn stalks that the man had. I heard that the garden was actually bigger than the property that he had. <laughs> the the garden was a large percentage of the landscape, but it was the pride and joy of Chief Milan. He didn't want to cut the grass, so he just continued to grow the garden and make it wider and bigger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, that's we got to get we got to get the chief on here. This would be, he would be a great guest for you. Oh, that that would be unbelievable for us. <laughs> this is our show. Oh man, do I remember those days back in the day, man? I I think of those, you know, like it's like when you're young, you know. We obviously had so much fun with uh, those barbecues and all the characters that were there, like the the Yugoslavian uncles and the Puerto Ricans. Well, I think your exposure, you know, to the accents of your uncles. I mean, it's obviously just where it comes. Yeah, from. I think so. I think that was a big part of th those barbecues were insane. They were insane. They were so much fun. Like they were two different cultures clashing together and they all had fun. I mean, 
maybe that's the one good thing that uh, alcohol did made all these people not kill each other they were just singing songs well it was a, so- it was a social lubricant it was just like everybody in let's just get fucking yeah. crazy it was great <laughs> they were singing you know uncle moncho would wheel in his speakers right his three foot speakers ready to take over ah, yeah you yeah, remember that. yeah yeah <laughs> Signora Rosa. i love that that's awesome, man. Yeah, it was great. That was great. But you think about that, like when we were in it, being so young, you know, you never think, oh, my God, years from now, I'll be doing a podcast with Marty talking about this. <laughs> well, that that's just crazy. Like, imagine if we could have videotaped back then. We could be watching video. That would blow us away. But like, oh, let's watch some of those video clips. Of Muncho and Chaco and George cooking and pie, grilling and pandillas, pounding facts. <laughs> well, Muncho had the uh, the the Puerto Ricans brought in like the the Budweiser nips, you know, the little tiny cans they had, and the Serbians <laughs> had all the backs and the moonshine. They had this moonshine called Slivovitz. Remember that? Oh, I remember the bottle, the picture you did. That that was like. Paint oh, removal was yeah. unbelievable. Uh, I couldn't handle it. I remember I would do, I did it on Christmas one time. He gave me a shot, my dad. And then all of a sudden my face looked like I would, I rubbed like grape jelly all over my face. I broke out into hives. <laughs> and he, he was always like, he's good. It cleans out the entire system for you. <laughs> yeah. It tests yeah, like he's a it doctor. all. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it was like on the holidays, like the secret weapon came out, like, and there was like a picture of like some Russian guy on it. It was like Dostoevsky on the uh, painted on the bottle. I was like, this is some like paint remover, <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, it was like paint remover. Do you do you remember like um the neighbor down the street? Remember Mirko Marat? Remember him? Of course, you remember of his course. Father? Yeah, he'd be big yeah, boozer. He, I, think, I believe he passed away. Yeah. Oh, really? But he, I remember one time when he came to uh, the barbecue. Now, he's Croatian. These guys are all Serbian. My family is Serbian. So, you know, they have their all their conflicts. And, you know, my, my father and uh, his brothers, they don't... Well, you're you. If you recall, I I recall giving you the nickname Serbian Ice. Yes, I, I think that was like mid nineties. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I think about that now, and how you know, I still like to do my freestyle when I'm in the car, and I and I reflect to the Serbian Ice name sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember one time when he came to the the, the party, the bar- barbecue. And he had this T-shirt on that said Croatian number one. And these guys didn't care. These guys were just looking to get drunk and, you know, whatever. They're laughing. But and I, I had this earring, like the hoop earring. Remember that hoop earring I had in my... Of well, course. He... You're Gerardo. <laughs> Don't say that. But he, but he was like drunk. Uh, Merkel's father. I forget his first name. But he was like kind of like, you know pissed off about the earring and like he was poking it. and i remember like my aunt sitting there my aunt bula and she was just like like staring like whoa like almost like so uncomfortable that 
somebody was was doing this to me, like provoking me. And then I'll, slowly I look up and I see like all the Serbian uncles all around just eating their cigarettes, not even saying anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and then but the, so nothing, nothing happened there. But like uh, the, the poor I think my father like tried to, you know, calm him down, pull him away. But he ended up walking home. It's like a half a mile away from our house. Yeah, yeah. It's a little and bit he of a fell because he was so bombed, and he broke he broke oh, all sh- his teeth on the on the. Oh, yeah. fuck. That's so that's so Eastern European. Like, go go to a barbecue and break your teeth. <laughs> I know. Come on. I know. It's so true. <laughs> go to a barbecue and break all of your teeth. <laughs> So you can still have yeah. some fun. What's our fucking team It's got to happen at least once in your life, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's uh, one of the memories I have from uh, those incredible barbecues that we had, man. Those are wild. Right across yeah. the street. Right across the street from you. It was a huge carnival. Yeah. Carnival. It was like you, you just cross the street and you enter a brand new dimension. <laughs> and dimension. Just, just start destroying backs. You get the, the cooking, the music. It's like right across the street. Yeah. New world. Seriously. Walk, walk through that wooden fence and you enter a brand <laughs> new world of all these characters and you're going to get bombed. Yeah, that's cool, it. man. You know, so like it's a, that's a thing in life, right? We're there, you know, we, 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 I must be taking something for granted right now, too, right? Like all we do, I feel like, you know, sometimes we go through this life and we, we complain a lot more than we should, you know, I do anyway. But like when you look back, you're like, God, if I could just go back to that time for a day, how cool would, how much would you enjoy that moment, you know, those good times? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what's crazy about having stuff on video. It's so much more real, like the memories. But I'm gonna find out in the future. I'm gonna find out if there's some video. There has to be some video that my mother has. There has to be. I'm gonna find out. Could you imagine? I because I vaguely remember something that we saw of. uh, Like that would just be gold. God, I know. I know. To see all that, that, that I know that there is. I'm going to find out from my mother. We should get her on the show, too. Yeah. Can we get your parents, too? I would love to talk to sure. Ann and Bob. Mike. Would Mike do it? Mike probably won't even do it. He would, but we, it would just be tricky getting him. I don't know what his schedule is like, but I'll, I'll mention it, too. We just got to plan ahead. You got to. You know, strategize, but we'll get him. That would so be So, what's great. going on? So, what's going on in your life right now? Um, I would say, I mean, is the snows? Uh, I'm there's no school today, so I oh, sub. Yeah. I I go in like three or four days a week. It's so easy, but I I, I love it because I just read all day and you know, I interact with the kids. I take attendance at bullshit a little bit, but the, the way school is now, there's not a lot of teaching. But it's classic. I go to South. I go to Felix Fest. I feel like a little kid. That's when I cool, go man. That's really cool. You love it. 
Yeah, it's great. That's awesome. I love it. That's fantastic. Who would have thought, right? Oh, I wrote a book. I wrote a book, so I'm, I'm going through that now. Like my buddy is helping me do a little preliminary editing, and uh, and I'm I'm reading about self publishing and stuff like that. But it's weird because like I started right before New Year's. I just got up one morning and I started writing. And uh, and I wrote every day for a month for about two or three hours. And I wrote my whole story from the time of my accident in 2004 up till now. And I left a lot of shit out, but I got some basic stuff. I mean, I had, like, no, no outline. I was just writing, and I would think about what I wrote. And think about where I'd want to write. I think about it all day, and then I'd get up in the morning and spend like two, three hours just purging all these memories. A lot of rehabs, a lot of psych wars, a lot, you know, a lot of struggles. But it's a good story. I mean, and go, basically going through life with a brain injury, struggling with alcohol and drugs. So it's interesting. And, you know, different girlfriends and relationships and rehabs and psych wars. And then I started getting thrown in jail, you know, and got an order of protection, started having me put in jail. So it's a lot of interesting stories. But I wrote, like, I, you know, it's weird because, like, I want to, you know, maybe contact an editor, a publisher. Like, I don't want to give up on it, but I just feel like I did it. Like, I set out, and I was so focused for every day for a month, writing for a couple hours. I was so into it. And I got to tell you, Dan, like, I kind of missed it. I loved it. I was on a That's mission. Great. I was so engrossed in writing this story. And now that it's done, I'm like, I feel so like it's such an accomplishment. I concentrated and focused for hours a day, every day for a month and wrote this whole story. Like I, for years I wanted to do something like that, but I never had the staying power to do it. But, but now that I have done that, I, I captured my story, it's there. It's not going anywhere. I want to, you know, maybe get it edited and maybe see if I get it published. But I feel like just having it done is such an accomplishment. Oh, my God, yeah. That's that's fantastic, man. Fantastic. And your story out there is going to help so many people, I think. You know, it, it's helped me. It's helped me. Like, it, it's, it's just amazing. There's probably someone's going to... You never know what's going to happen from this, you know, and it's you're doing it from pure passion. So it's not just about making money, you know, but sometimes when you do things from passion and your heart, that's when that money comes too. So you you may have a movie done. It it may be incredible what's going to happen from this. Just the fact that you started and you finished it. That that's that's the whole thing to me. Just that I did it. Like I like a couple of my friends have read it and they're like, This is great. Like I don't even care. I mean I won't say I don't care at all, but like being a, getting notoriety and having, you know, all this 
accolades and fame or anything like that. Like that's attractive, of course, but just getting it done. And I have a few friends who've read it who've said it's good. Like I feel good. Like I'm so proud that I yeah. did it. Like anything extra that comes is going to be just that. It's going to be extra. The job has been done. I did what I didn't think I could do. And just the fact that I got it done, I feel like I climbed the mountain just with that. Anything else is, is gravy. I, I hope, you know, people want to read it and it gets attention. That would be great. That's fantastic, man. That is so cool, bro. I, that's, that's an inspiration for so many people right there. Just the fact that you did something like that. You know, and I just think it's going to be great. I can't wait to to read the whole thing, and it's going to be uh, that's going to be a great read for sure, for sure. Yeah, that's something a couple of my friends say. They said they were motivated to do something. Just the fact that I wrote my story, and I pounded it out. Like I didn't even tell anybody. I, you were like one of the only guys I told I was doing it. And I did it quick. I, I mean, I wrote it's my friend said it takes 150 pages. I did it in a month. I just wrote it. And, and, and there was plenty of times when I was like, I feel like I should be writing now. But I was like, I'm going to wait. I got to marinate, think about where I wrote, think about where I want to write. And I would just get up every morning and write for a couple hours. And it came out, I mean, it's a lot. I were you writing a on, lot. So you, were you typing it out or writing it freehand? Typing it. Wow. Yeah, that's the other thing. The iPad, like, if I didn't have that tool, I went on my iPad, went on notes, and just started typing. I was like, this is so easy. You, if it was a pain in the ass, like a typewriter or a, a laptop, it, it was just easy. Did to you have? Do. Uh, did you take any pictures of you by the? Uh, you know, by, while you're typing it or anything, <laughs> that would be, that'd be cool no. to see. You know, you in the middle of that uh, that whole. Book. Well, I'd I'd like to continue to do it. That's another reason why I kind of hope people want to read this and it gets attention. It's because I loved writing. Like I was on a mission. I was engrossed. I was like, I was all in. I loved writing my story and reminiscing. It was like, it was like therapeutic. It was like cathartic going back over all this wild shit that happened and remembering it all and all the people I've met and come across and, and describing them and describing what the experiences were like. I That's loved it. That's beautiful, bro. That is beautiful, man. I'm so fucking happy for you. I really am. That is the coolest thing. That's inspiring. Your whole story is inspiring. And the fact that you're writing like this is, is inspiring. And like I said, you're going to be helping people, people to, uh, to live a better life. And it's, it's just, it's a beautiful thing, man. So congratulations, bro. Congrats. Thank, thank you, Mr. By, Garcia. By, uh, you know, no, thank you. Thank you, Marty. Miracle Marty, I like to call you. Mari, is it a Mari, Mari. Mr. Well, I heard Garcia? That's what Uncle Uncle Jorge calls you, Mari. He doesn't like to pronounce <laughs> the T. <laughs> this is great stuff, bro. Great stuff. But I'm gonna. I gotta jump now. I gotta. I gotta start to start the day working. But we got to do this again. We got to do this again. We should plan for. Uh, 
you know, to get somebody on here, a, a guest during the week. We'll plan something. Yeah, yeah. This is our first run. It's still yeah. brand new, but I thought Absolutely, it was great. Absolutely, man. This is great. Are you kidding me? Tuesday mornings, right? We'll, we'll target that, and then we'll see what happens. It's lining up a yeah. guest. All right, we got it. We got it. We'll work on it. Well, I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you. Give me a call. You later. got it, bro. Thank you so much, man. Have a great day, Mister oh, Garcia. You too. Thank you so much, and God bless you. <laughs> okay.